Hello and welcome to Orthopraxis Podcast, where we are doing our summer ramblings season as we chat about stuff that pops in our heads. And uh, sometimes we jump on a rabbit hole, sometimes we jump on a bandwagon, sometimes we jump on a soapbox, but along the way we have some fun and have you join us. So hello, I'm joined with- Who's chasing Austin. through rabbit holes. Yeah, <laughs> rabbit hunting. <laughs> um, so quick updates on stuff that's been happening. Uh, seems for me like all the things. Um, I had a webinar Wednesday night, and I'm launching like the new branding for my site. So I'm going to go and update all the avatars and all the cover images and all of the logos and the colors and everything on all the places and the things um, all over the freaking place. So that's a lot of work. And creating videos, announcing like my new community tier that I'm launching for my business. Uh, and my, I'm starting a whole new movement called Stress Redemption about converting stress into growth instead of letting it kill you, which is a good thing. So I'm launching stuff about that and that's been really busy. And at the same time, I'm, I'm also, you know, been, been launching my professional networking group, which takes up time, but then also I'm also launching the Academy, uh, which is a lot of work and stuff. And so we're having our having as a we're having a dueling club Monday nights and then Tuesday night I'm launching the captain's cohort for kind of initiating people into the leadership of it and then next Friday we're having because we're recording this on a Friday so next Friday um, we're launching our inaugural first Friday dance so that'll be exciting um, though it'll be interesting because we have like a bunch of guys but not very many girls. Um, which is kind of the opposite problem, evidently, that most dance groups have. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> so evidently, um, next month, in um, uh, August, September, so September, yes, September goes after August, yes, uh, um, we'll have more girls because, like, the guy, the gals at our church from the college are away on vacation, like, in Europe and whatnot, look to be getting back. Um and they're bringing some more with them. So there's some more girls transferring into college who are Orthodox and coming into our church. So there'll actually be five, five Thanks. girls. So that's cool. Because, <laughs> well, that, that's that's more than we had before. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> so the, the guys are all like, um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, let me see what else um oh and tomorrow carla and i are getting a cat so meow <laughs> yep carla is very excited she was all bounced this morning because there's only one more sleep before cat and i was like yes dear <laughs> <Excellent. Yeah. laughs> um and we're gonna be going over to a shelter and um adopting a cat so that'll be nice it'll be my it'll be the first pet that i've ever actually had in my life other than the squirrels Ooh. that i tamed and such <laughs> or mostly mildly tamed <laughs> i don't know if we've talked about this before but no. you want to give like a elevator pitch about for the academy like what is it what's oh, it academy? for 
how do people get invited? Yeah. Oh yeah, sure. Um, do, do an elevator pitch because I like this. Yeah, thing. I'm practicing this, trying to figure it out exactly what all we is. Um. <laughs> so in short, the intention um, that we haven't formally done the legal paperwork to make it thus as such yet. Um, uh, but what we're building is a fraternal organization uh, for Christians dedicated to cultivating moral excellence, uh, skill diversity, uh, and transforming the society around them for the glory of God and the salvation of mine, of mankind. So uh, we do that by connecting together. So there'll be uh, it, structured as a fraternal organization with a lodge type system. So you have the overarching academy and then you have local chapters in local geographical spots. Uh, and you have uh, each chapter has like clubs for specific activities. So there's, you know, a dancing club, a dueling club, dining club, reading club, writing clubs, uh, that kind of stuff for things that you do together on a regular recurring basis. Um, but you also have uh, orders. So you have like the order of pioneers, the order of bards, the order of um, scholars and so on. Uh, and those are each focused on cultivating skills in a particular category of area. So for example, uh, the order of bards is focused on more social type skills, uh, creating culture uh, and engaging them, not just like responding to pre-existing culture in the wide world, but actually going out and creating our own um, in dialogue with it. So participating in that creative dialogue. So that includes communication skills, dancing, um, leadership. Uh, that'll include writing. Uh, it'll include all kinds, hope, maybe one day filmmaking, things like that as well. Um, and the pioneer order would have stuff about like homesteading stuff, you know, survival skills, uh, but also um, artisanal skills, things that go into, into uh, so shortening supply chain, engaging us back more with the art of physical creation. So uh, things like uh, forging skills, uh, glass blowing, paper making, book binding, all kinds of fun things like that. Uh, will be involved in that. So those are all done by, so each order has like certain kinds of cohorts that are attached to them. So a cohort is a th uh, 30 to 90 day period um, with six to 12 people who are come together or focusing on a specific skill that they're developing. And that could be any number of things depending on what the order is that they're doing underneath the auspices of. And uh, the idea is to build strong community uh, with it, with vulnerability and intention and honor inside of these different cohorts that are putting together uh, these particular skill sets. So that way, the idea is like ultimately that we could actually um, support and supplement or maybe even replace some like the trade schools, um, as well as like the, uh, I was talking to somebody recently, you know, the void that was left when Boy Scouts went woke. <laughs> right. <laughs> um th th this will this will cover a lot of that ground but a lot of, but it'll also be focused not just on people in their teens um but people who are in their 20s and 30s people who need a bit more who are more active and engaged with life um and going and um doing things uh, in, in a sense so um yeah that's that's kind of the skinny of it 
in many ways. Yeah. You can Still go to it. We've been talking about our this website. Early. We actually have a website too now. Uh, you can go. Ooh, to what's the website? Ash.academy. <laughs> Ash.academy. A-S-H. Dot Academy. Yep. Um, and so, nice. yeah, so we have like our upcoming events on there. So we've got the inaugural uh, dance um, linked in there. We've got our values statement up there. It's pretty sparse. It's going to have, I'm working on developing and putting it together along with all the other things I'm doing in my spare time, you know. Uh, right. No, the free time you have just like wrap. <laughs> uh, yeah, all that stuff. Uh, I'm putting together, there's a form that's going to be attached to it. There's gonna, you're going to have your own personal profile. It's like a ranking system. So you'll have like badges and all that kind of stuff attached to it. So you can actually um, keep track of all that in there and uh, coordinate each other. We have a Discord server um, attached to that as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's the Academy. Very nice. Yes, you've been working on that for a while. We've been talking about it, and I didn't think we'd ever actually yeah, I don't brought think we it up right, formally yeah. on the podcast. So go to ash.academy and check it out. It's yep. pretty cool. Yep. <laughs> and once we get um, like formally instantiated, it'll be a nonprofit. It'll be a 501c10 instead of a 501c3, um, which is a specific designation for fraternal organizations. Um, and so we can tech, accept, you know, tax deductible um, um, donations and all that kind of good stuff. Um, yeah, it's, I'm really nice. excited about it. It's it's the culmination, and it's it's the first steps towards very big things that I have planned down the road uh, that are basically in my ultimate life's calling. So, like, this is in many ways all my other things that I'm doing exist to serve this thing. It is. Um, it is the thing. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Yes. I'm excited about that. Um, yep. And in contrast to James, my life has been pretty quiet recently. <laughs> I'm trying to work on some self-growth and maturing in some areas that I need some work on. Mm-hmm. And James is helping me with that separate from the podcast. And that's been very cool. Yes. So always, always going through that. Us. Yeah, <laughs> going through that and still working on the monster house and just trying to stay busy over the summer. <laughs> yep, yep. So yeah, um, right. So we were thinking about like different things we have uh, to talk about. So we kind of chatted a little bit about some of those, uh, but it did pop up. So on Facebook, there've been there's a, there's a couple of different groups. I mean, like there's like the, uh, was middle earth theological seminary. Yeah. Well. Something like that. <laughs> ones like that. And there's been a bunch of people who've been grumpy about the rings of power series coming out by Amazon. Right. And right. so <clears throat> and, and, and there's people who have been like making the astonishingly, you know, challenging or, or the, 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 uh, I, what, what, what's, what's the term? Like it, it's a, a very outre <laughs> statement. <laughs> sure, that clears it right up. <laughs> <laughs> it's unpopular, evidently. It's to say that uh, yeah, Bob, you should hang on and wait until the series actually comes out to actually. Ah, uh, 
what? Like, what kind of psychopath would actually wait until they've actually seen the thing and, and, to see if it's terrible? And, and this just popped in my head. So I know there's, there's we'll probably soapbox on this for a bit about people being grouchy for its own sake and the virtue of grouchiness. Um, but it's just popped in my head. <laughs> I wonder if we can put play, lay some of the blame for this on Marvel because their trailers are basically the entire movie and all the good parts just condensed down into two minutes. Cause that's basically all the, <laughs> the movie is <laughs> of actual content. Um, and so we've kind of got this, like, like, well, they have the trailer, but then the movie will have more and it'll explain more. And then it doesn't. And so we've just kind of gotten used to this thing of like, well, if you've seen the trailer, you've seen the show maybe. Right. And so in a case that's not um, Marvel, <laughs> kind of transferring that over it's like well i didn't like a trailer so why bother watching the movie like well maybe the trailer isn't the movie right <laughs> now they're not trying to spoil it for you right no. uh, <laughs> right i understand people being cautious about stuff because yeah, sure. of the whole wokeness invading every part of media yeah. and if you see some semblance of wokeness in it it gets kind of scary because yeah. we're all expecting it to be there but yeah. the more you see it in the trailer yeah. the more scary it is because right like you were saying in marvel movies what you see in the trailer is the whole movie and if there are two parts in the trailer that have wokeness in it then it's like, oh, good. Half the movie is going to be woke garbage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, but and yeah, I, 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 I do. The, um, uh, there's a couple. I mean, there's there's the bits about like you know skin color and all that kind of stuff, which I'm like, whatever. I'm not even touch on that. Um, we've talked about that before. But like, yeah. so Galadriel. Um, yeah. So. I was doing some research on this piece, right? They're like, well, they're making her into like a, you know, Captain Marvel type character, which we don't know because we haven't seen the movie. Right. Um, but like, honestly, Galadriel in like the first age was legitimately actually more like an actual Captain Marvel type person. Like, if you look at her whole arc, like if you look, because that's part, part of the challenge though, is like, like Tolkien, she didn't exist before Lord of the Rings was written. So Tolkien had her back, back, write her in and he had a bunch of, he never really settled on exactly what role she filled. Um, so like a lot of contradictory things in canon of <laughs> whatever canon is in middle Earth, in Lord of the Rings. Right. Um, <laughs> confusing. Um, so there's actually a lot of different contradictory things in what Tolkien actually wrote about Galadriel when he was trying to figure out how he was going to write her back in again. But a lot of it seems, in my opinion, looks like it actually echoes an arc similar to Eowyn, but stretched over a longer period. And we miss this in the movies, of course, because it's, you know, counter woke, but um, Eowyn started out as a shield maiden, right? And it was not seen as healthy. It was not actually right. held up. Like, yes, she was strong, she was good, but she was bearing a burden that she wasn't meant to bear because of the, you know, catastrophic situation that they were in. Um, exactly. And so she <laughs> was trying to, you know, fill a void in these kinds of things, and she was pushing after something that wasn't for her. 
and she was pushing after it. And her, the resolution of her character arc is in settling down and becoming the wife of Faramir. Right. That, that was the resolution of her arc. Right. Um, <laughs> right. And her, it was, it was seen as a bad thing that she had to go to war and that she had, that she was almost forced by the times to take up this warrior mentality. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, of course you kind of lose that, the whole, I am no man thing and all that kind of stuff. And we're like, yeah, raw. Anyway, I know, but whatever. Um, uh, Galadriel, when you look at her whole arc, uh, it kind of follows a similar pattern. Like she was, you know, this warrior who was like up there with the guys and, you know, kicking ass and all this kind of stuff. And then, um, this conflict, this tension of her being tempted by, um, Sauron back when he was, you know, beautiful and cool and charismatic and whatnot. And like these, these right before he became a metal suit and a birdie eyeball. <laughs> exactly. Um, he kind of, he, he didn't age well. Um, <laughs> uh, going completely evil. I hear we'll do that to you. <laughs> yeah. Particularly Middle Earth. Um, <laughs> But then, like, so there was, there was this tension between her trying to find her role, find her place, all these different kinds of things, and her being tempted by power and what she does with it, and her relationship. Like, there's, there's this arc of her, of her question, her story question of her character arc was bound around this kind of concept. And her victory, the kind of conclusion of her arc, is kind of the first time we see her in, in Lord of the Rings. Um, and it's that temptation with the ring with Frodo offering it to her and her refusing it, right? So she like, when you see that um, uh, manifestation of her as this, this potential of the uh, the white queen, right? That is her harking back to all this that she could have been back in the first age and dealing with that and then rejecting it. Um, and she mm. dwindled. And to be peaceful. Um, and of course, you know, you do see that they do, you know, go to war and battle at the end, and you don't you don't see it in the books um, or in the movies, but you know, the uh, Lothlorien did contribute militarily in the final conquest um and defeat of uh Sauron. But afterwards, you know, they they go away. They she goes into the West, um not conquering or ruling or anything like that. Uh, and so it's kind of like this, it's interesting, this pattern that Tolkien has thematically is this um, contrast of, you see like Arwen or Rose, right? Both of them waiting peacefully, keeping the home ready for the husband. Mm -hmm. right? Um, and that's their proper really amazing good thing like you see like the reason why aragorn knew it was his time to go and conquer as king was when arwen sent him uh the uh, shards of narsil and the uh the banner with his um heraldry on it that was she that was that was hurt in the books you see this, this is not how it happened in the movie obviously um <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they screwed up with the they, they they didn't they didn't like the theme and so they messed with the plot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, that was like, <laughs> that, that prompted him to go and uh, lay bare the sword before 
uh, Sauron with the Palantir and wrest it from his control and then go and see what's going on and then um, go and march to the paths of the dead. Like that was, that was the inciting incident for him was um, her sending that to him and supporting him in that, which is super cool. So it's like, she didn't have to go be a guy and draw a sword and do battle and all these kinds of things in order to have influence and um, uh, impact in the fate of the world in a sense. So anyway, so, so the, the thing is like, when you, if you, if you take that as the arc, but then you zoom back and you do a movie or a show set in the first age, then it's, it's hard. It's unlikely that they're going to show that in contrast and tell that story. Cause they, you know, flubbed it with Eowyn and Arwen and with um, Jackson, but who knows? They might, I doubt it, but they might. Um, but it's not like wrong. So if you take it as right. like, in context of the whole thing and you say, okay, here's what she was here. And then we see what she is there and you can draw your own conclusions from that. And learn a lesson from it or teach a lesson from it but it's not inaccurate to say that yeah she was you know a warrior princess way back when right anyway that's just kind of my take on it <laughs> yeah and just generally wait until you see <laughs> yes the mo- uh, wait until you see the thing before you Judge it. I think there's several biblical. Hasty. And, yes. Uh, what is the proverb? Isn't he there, with matter yeah. before he heareth it is falling in shame unto him. Yes. Um, uh, that's the <laughs> and I, I don't know. There seems to be this thing, especially among conservatives, of like the virtue of grouchiness, where basically because there's sin and evilness and society hates God and hates the truth. There's seems to be that we've made like this virtue out of being upset at things. Yeah. It's our own version of wokeness. Like I can see all the evil. Right. You can't see it. So I'm more righteous. And it's like, yeah, you're just basically being woke, but in another dimension. Right. And it's, again, it's one of those things that we've been pushing against is like, Hating evil, hating what's wrong, hating that stuff is bad, isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. We're not just called to hate the evil, but to love the good and to seek after the true and to go- look forward and hunt for the beautiful. We're designed to go and create yeah. good things. Oh, I actually, I was, all you I was ever do the last episode, is, and I found the quote. I actually found, you found it. Okay, good. Uh, it's from, from St. John Chrysostom. The Lord seeks creators, not destroyers. For he who creates good thereby destroys evil. And he who sets out to destroy evil will quickly forget about building up good and turn into a villain. Yep. And that. just go and smash everything. Yeah. But yeah, becoming a creator. If you have a problem with the way that stories are being written. If you have a problem with it, if you see faults, find a way to create, find a way to build better, find a way to spread the glory of God by creating on your own, by sharing and building and being productive. Cause that's what we're called to do. Yep. We, no matter what your view on eschatology is, or no matter what, 
denomination you are from, we believe that the rule and reign of Christ is coming. And it's our job to be prepared for that and to go out into the world and spread the good news of Christ and spread his dominion and share his good news and proclaim that Christ is king, that he will conquer all. Yep. And that we're supposed to live introspective lives, looking at ourselves, evaluating what we're doing, that we might do better and be more in his image when he comes. Yep. And that's what we're called to do, no matter what your particular eschatology or whatever it is. <laughs> right. That's what we're if, called if to your, do. Your eschatology is creating an excuse for you to not fulfill the great commission or not live out the orthopraxis of God's calling on your life, then you might need to change your eschatology. Yes. I would encourage you to go and read the uh, end of second Peter, I believe. Mm -hmm. Cause Peter is specifically talking about how the world is going to come to an end. Fervent heat, great sound and last trumpet, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. And he says, Therefore, since we know these things are coming, this is how you should live your life. Since we can't be ignorant of the coming of the Lord, mm -hmm. this is how you need to live. Yep. And if your eschatology doesn't get you there, I would say that, you're, that you either need to better understand your eschatology or you need to find a new one. <laughs> yep. If your orthodoxy is interfering with your orthopraxy, you might not actually have orthodoxy. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about that with um, a guy yesterday. Um, we were talking about all kinds, all over the place, as, as, as conversations tend to with me. Uh, <laughs> and he commented, you know, the classic that uh, orthodoxy precedes orthopraxy. And I'm like, yes. Um, however, also, you can also see it how orthopraxy also precedes orthodoxy. They, they, they build each other, you know, by right. living the practice and the calling. They're symbiotic. Lives <laughs> to know him better, and we're better able to actually understand what he's revealed to us about his nature. Um, yes. Like, if I go, you know, read a book about my wife, right, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to do a very good job living with her. If I go right. live with her in a practical and learn about her in a, in a, in a direct practical way of just in, interacting with her and seeing how I can love her in the day-to-day, -day, um, I'll understand a whole lot more about her as well, in a sense. So they, they work together. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, the, that's the whole James thing. Uh, Faith without works is dead. Unless you have both, you really have neither. Yeah. If you exactly. say I have, I have a, I have faith, but I don't have works. You don't actually have faith. Yeah. That faith isn't real. It's dead. It's yeah. just a corpse. <laughs> this is one of the things that um, uh, Father Andrew talks about a lot. That historically speaking, inter interpretation of scripture, and also looking just at the Greek. Um, faith is better understood and could, it could be better translated as faithfulness. And it clicks better for us to realize that's actually what faith ultimately is, is loyalty to God. 
which is like I saying, I'm loyal to you, but I'm not going to do what you tell me to do is kind of <laughs> silly. Like, right. Instead of this works. It's not how any of this works. <laughs> so it's like trying, like putting like a dichotomy between faith and works becomes meaningless in that context. Right. They're not a conflict with each other. They're, they're, they're the same thing effectively. They're just looking at it from two different sides. Correct. And that, so if you are struggling with stuff, go out and do something about it. Yeah. And also just doing something almost always helps with understanding it better. It does. One of the like, things that the more you, t- the more things you do, the more you realize that teaching someone else how to do something makes you so much better at it. It does. And actually like practicing the thing makes you so much better at it than just reading about it or just learning about it. And this is why like using our body in worship is so important. Like mm-hmm. um, actually bowing as part of your prayers, actually doing prostrations really teaches you humility, like practically teaches it to you. You're, you're physically making a motion of uh, obeisance to your king. It makes a difference. It really does. Um, right. It incorporates. <laughs> it incorporates both parts of you or it, more it, parts of you than just one. Cause it, that's the it, thing. It incorporates <laughs> your corporeal body. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. The whole, we have different natures and different parts of us. And the more of that, that we can conform, the more different aspects of ourselves that we can conform to the image of Christ the better it works. Funny how that works. We're supposed to convert all to the ruler of all. Right. (laughs) On the God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, all the parts of your being, not just your mind. (laughs) Not just your heart. It's not just the most sexual sense to a list of truths. That is not right. It is also not just an emotion of feeling close to Jesus. And Jesus is your friend. That that's not it either. <laughs> yep. And it's not just rigidly following rules and working hard to achieve the to do the right thing. It it's all of that. It's yep. all aspects. It's your yep. heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, everything, all parts of you is how we honor God. Yep. And the more you incorporate all the parts of you, the more you become like Christ. Indeed. So anyway, yes. being grouchy, not a virtue. Judging something before before you see the matter, not a virtue. Right. <laughs> Even if it is the Lord of the Rings. Because <laughs> I vaguely remember, now understand, I was young when the Lord of the Rings was coming out. But I vaguely remember some people being all worried about the Lord of the Rings movies when they came out. Right. Because they didn't think he was going to do it right. And they thought it was going to be a disaster. And how could you possibly convert this massive tome into into movies? <laughs> it was not designed or structured in a way that is very conducive to it, for sure. This is true. But almost everyone agrees that the Lord of the Rings trilogy is a masterpiece of cinema and especially of adaptation cinema. Yes, yes. There are quite a few niggles still to be made. 
But of course there are niggles. There will be niggles in anything. Tremendously well done. It's all the same. Yes. 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 I'm the sure. Hobbit trilogy, not so much. It has some qualities, but yeah. not so much. <laughs> it has some issues, yeah. Let's see what else. Oh, um, speaking of TV shows done well, um, Terminal List. It's actually on Amazon, which is relevant because they're the ones making the rings of power. Uh, but Which one is this? Terminal List. It stars Chris Pratt. And it's based off of a book. I have not read the book, but basically um, the commander of a SEAL team, he gets deployed, ends up getting in a, there's, it ends up being a trap. His whole team almost dies. And now he comes back to the States and it seems like something fishy is happening. So he goes and he's trying to figure out what happened to his team and why this all happened. It's a pretty... And it's interesting because it it also deals with like somewhat with PTSD. He has a he has some sort of brain trauma that he's dealing with throughout the whole thing. Gotcha. So he's like a very competent man, yeah. But he's realizing that he can't always trust his own mind and his own skills at some point because of this brain trauma that he's trying to fight through and it's just a really well put together tv show i've actually enjoyed a lot of the tv shows that have come out from amazon they've done some good stuff yeah uh other one didn't they also do mr robot i can't remember I think I don't know if I've watched Mr. Robot. Is Mr. Robot good? Yeah. Okay. Um, let me look here. It doesn't look like it is an Amazon original. Um, what was the other one? Oh, their um, Jack Ryan. Their Jack Ryan TV show was oh, yeah. excellent as well. Both seasons of it were actually very good. Yep. Yeah, I, I like Mr. Robot because it actually has authentic depictions of actual cybersecurity and hacking and such like, which is so <laughs> rare. <laughs> That's because it's not very cinematic when you're just... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lots of pop-ups popping up on the screen, that bashing on the keyboard. <laughs> it's great! If you, type, if you type faster, then you're hacking better. Like um, Most hacking, you're not typing at all. You've already written the program. You just run it. <laughs> exactly. You run the program. It does its thing. If it works, it gets it. <laughs> yeah, otherwise, you, you move on to somebody else to hack. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, that's, I think, the rambling for today. Um, Send us some ideas or thoughts of things to ramble on. If you have a particular soapbox you want us to either jump on with you or smash. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We will uh, happily oblige, possibly. So we'll see you uh, in the next, whenever the next episode of this comes up, whenever it gets edited. See y'all next time! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, as always, uh, leave your views, comments, join the Discord server, comment on Facebook, join the conversation. 
um, join the community. We have actually kind of a little nice little uh, group of people who uh, listen to these things and uh, get some value out of them, which is kind of surprising. But <laughs> <laughs> but whether whether and, you're uh, listening, whether you're commenting or not, or whether you're listening or not, whatever you do, <laughs> whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. Amen. Amen.